Jesus.com. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Wednesday, September 27th. And uh, I'm glad to be joined today again by Craig Henderson. You're going to be hearing a lot from Craig. He's auditioning for uh, that spot over there. No, I, I told Dave Gray yesterday, uh, you know, Brad's been out, David's out, and Craig's in here filling in. And uh, he's fitting right nice in that chair over there, aren't you? Oh, you're very kind. You're very kind. Well, no, I'm glad to have you back, Craig. It's good to have you here, as always, because I know you juggle a lot of different responsibilities. In fact, you're on the board for the city rescue mission tell us what's going on with city rescue for people out in jacksonville and in the south georgia area who may not be familiar with that ministry give us an elevator speech on what city rescue missions mission is and how they're doing right now and what they're doing sure sure i'll be glad to because it's a it's a ministry that's really close to my heart Mm -hmm. um the city rescue mission really is uh, in place to help transform lives through the uh, through the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and it's for people that are either uh, in addiction, coming out of addiction, homeless, have uh, become in just life circumstances where they find themselves unable to be able to sustain life on their own. Hmm. Uh, they can come to city rescue mission as little as overnight, uh, stay, get cleaned up, get a meal. Um, or as long as uh, 18 months through a program they have called the Life Builders Program, which is really to help people who may be in some sort of uh, substance substance abuse and uh, really need to have their lives transformed. And um, it's a a combination of Bible study, working on the campuses, uh, learning God's Word, applying it in your life, interacting with other guys if you're men or other women if you're women and um i have had the great privilege i've been volunteering there for over six years now on a weekly bible study with men and had the privilege of really witnessing god doing some amazing things in people's lives that uh have had really tragic circumstances many of it would be stuff that uh, any one of us would find would just crush us and and these guys can be really resilient through the power of jesus yeah, I've, I've had the opportunity to uh, go down there and be able to minister several times over the last 20 years, and uh, it's a great ministry, and you've got great people involved, and what I love about it is the focus on the Word of God in the helping of these people, and that that aspect of teaching them God's Word. You have a lot of Bible studies that go on down there. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're in, they're in, actually, they, they start early in the morning with um with worship time um they have um you know man they do different training and life skills and bible studies and then what we do on uh, tuesday nights is is really it's voluntary uh and we do we're not staff or anything to come down there there's like six six or seven guys that come in just because frankly we get so much more out of it than they do and and the opportunity to to talk about jesus christ and, and what it uh, what he what a relationship with him can mean in our lives is is really important yeah, uh, I, I have really loved interacting. And, you know, 
I don't know if you remember, but when I came and did the Christmas, I think I did Christmas last year, right? Was it yeah. Christmas or Thanksgiving? Uh, it was. It was the. Uh, it was Thanksgiving. It, it was, was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I met a guy there. Uh, I don't know if you remember who uh, came up to me that I had met in Houston, Texas, who is now here, and he was at an event I spoke at out in Houston. And came up and asked me, did I ever live in Houston? And and we had a connection from an event I spoke at out there. And he's he was actually serving right. at the city rescue mission to help. He he went through the program and now is serving there. And it was really, really cool to make that connection. So It really is amazing how God does that and, and puts, um, uh, I just heard a testimony today of a guy who, uh, was really ready to end his life and flew to the wanted to die at the beach and so he flew to the airport and mm-hmm. had the had the uh, guy that was the, the person that was driving i don't know if it's a cab or whatever said take me to a hotel downtown and he dropped him off at the state street entry point mm-hmm. and uh he, he it wasn't a hotel it was where god wanted it to be and yeah. and now he's it's over 18 months later and he's getting ready to graduate from the uh, life builders program this friday isn't that awesome so if people want to get involved with uh, city rescue mission like uh i know you guys especially during the holidays you guys look for donations of specific oh, yeah. types yeah um and people to volunteer and help how do they do that craig what's the best way for them to do that well there is um uh, there's the main number it's uh it's uh crmjacks.org is the website mm-hmm. um and if you want to uh, donate or anything like that you can call the, um, I think the main number is um, 904-421-5147, and that will get you to the um, operator who can direct you to whoever in, internally is needed to um, help with um, with getting organized or what, if you want to volunteer, like, like you talked about, people mm-hmm. that serve meals at uh, Christmases, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Um, donations that uh, they take in, they'll come pick up stuff at your house. They've got a thrift store over on Normandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and there's lots of ways to volunteer. We've got actually a, a lady that's gotten involved with the rescue mission that does mm-hmm. like, uh, I think it's yoga classes on Tuesday nights. It's okay. uh, to Christian music, um, that comes in for the ladies. Yeah. Well, um, uh, again, what's the website? Tell them one more time. crmjax.org. Okay. Is the uh, is the website and uh, there and the, then the phone number I I trying to remember what I had the number I gave you to, gave it to you was um, I'll give you it may not be the same one it's nine zero four four two one five one five six um can get you in touch with people that can help you know specifically based on what you want to do help volunteer donate any of those they'll help you take care of that. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that. And again, glad to have you in here today. If you're just tuning in to SWAT radio, usually in the first segment, we look at issues that are impacting our culture and we try to address those issues from a Christian worldview, uh, a biblically based authoritative worldview that is. And, you know, I don't know if you caught what's going on over in England, Craig, but, um, Right now, uh, there was a story that just came out about uh, Oxford University students going into churches, and then now they're raiding churches on how LGBT 
Q, Alphabet, you oh know, uh, whatever, how safe they are for gay and transgender Christians is the term. Safe and transgender Christians, people who are practicing a gay and transgender lifestyle, but who say they're believers, they do not, they think God accepts them that way, walking in disobedience to his design for our lives. It, these are not people struggling with being uh, gay or struggling with being a transgender. These are people who say, that God accepts them that way in the same way you would say if you were an adulterer, well, I'm an adultering Christian and God accepts me this way because this is who I am. Oh my goodness. And so these people from Oxford university went in and now they're putting out kind of a ratings. This is a safe church. It's not. And again, these ratings are not based on biblical truth. It's not how good the church is in its mission to proclaim the truth of God. It is a rating based upon how safe somebody who claims to be a Christian and and is a, a transgender person or is a homosexual, and they're acknowledging these activities are recognized as okay with God. God accepts them that way. He doesn't uh, have a problem with them being that way. And the, the sad part about this is, folks, if you're listening out there, if it's happening there, it's probably going to inch its way over here. And, and the way this report came out in the paper, it says it's intended to give LGBTQ plus people the tools to make a, an informed decision about what church they attend. And, um, and wow. really, um, they want to help prevent queer people. This is their words, not mine. They want to help prevent queer people from experience trauma caused by spiritual abuse. In other words, telling someone that this is against the design of God. And so, um, you know, I that's wow, that's just crazy. You I, know, it's um interesting. One of the things that uh, that I think we realize is that that so many people essentially are they they become isolated, and and they don't have community and and anybody that really that 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 can speak truth into their lives, and they they so they want to find folks or places where I make my own truth. You know, and they'll accept me for the truth that I I create for myself. Whether it's a you know I'm no longer a, a man or a, a woman, or or I'm no longer you know um, straight or gay or however it is, and you know they they seek people that'll just sec- accept them for who they are and not the truth that God not who God made them to be. Well, always be wary of anybody who puts a qualifier in term in front of the name follower of Jesus or Christian. That's right. If you're putting yeah. a qualifier in there, yeah, uh, there, there's really <laughs> that there's no qualifiers there. You're you're a Christian or you're not. Now, the, here's the thing: this report says that from the position of LGBTQ people of faith who hold affirming, inclusive theology and pastoral practice, the definition of those who hold to the traditional beliefs of the Church of England can include different churches and denominations. Importantly, an, an, an affirming 
theological perspective of the traditional view of marriage is that it is not a form of ancient orthodoxy, but in most cases, it's an example of systematic homophobic theology from post-World War II USA. This is what they're putting out there. Wow. And so if you, if you just step back for a moment and think about what's going on, um, and they're saying that, well, this is not, uh, this is not really from God. This is from the USA. Uh, this is just a product of post-World War II. Um, and the, the natural family is the way that America defined the family and heterosexual marriage and all this. And, uh, and you got to understand, these are people from Oxford. This is not, you know, podunk community college. Not that there's anything wrong with community college, but these are some of the brightest minds over there. It's like the Harvard, right? I mean, it's, it's way yeah. up there. And so um, it's really, it's disturbing because um, as an American, when you look at these things and you, you think about this effort to blame conservative Christianity on post-World War II America, really um wow i i mean it's not american christianity it's it's judean christianity i mean it came out it came out of the middle east it didn't come from here yeah Uh, i mean like this is something that goes back to the time of christ his teachings on marriage right wow i mean jesus taught that god designed a man and a woman to live together and be in matrimony he never taught anything about two men and so uh anyway or two women so all that to say have your flags up be ready to to deal with this because we got to decide um will we be faithful on these issues of gender and sexuality are we going to compromise because um of the revolutionaries that are coming to really put us onto the defensive that's exactly right they're they're trying to cause us to sort of water down or just not in, and a lot, in, not endorse the and full a, gospel. And a lot of churches are, are caving into this. In fact, Andy Stanley's church, North Point, is doing this big unconditional conference. Anyway, yeah. hey, we're going to break to our first break. We're going to be right back with more SWAT radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Folkestone at 91.3. 
broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop. Hey, welcome back. Sorry. <laughs> We're sitting here talking. Uh, me and Craig are talking in between the break like Brad and I normally do, or David and I. We're just sitting here talking about uh, the way the culture is uh, bringing this stuff up. And, you know, it's just really, it's just disturbing when you when you read about this because you know it's coming just like it is in Canada. They put people in jail in Canada for preaching God's word. I mean, and and the thing about this report is it wasn't saying these churches were unwelcoming or unfriendly. It's that's the problem. They were friendly and they're saying, be careful. You're going into these places, but they're not going to affirm that it's okay for you to do this. So anyway, um, that's just, um, it's really, uh, it's it's something that we need to be aware of, you know, and I know it seems like every other day we're talking about some of this stuff. This is what's hitting our culture, and it's impacting the churches. Leaders are compromising on this issue, and, right. and we can't compromise. We love the sinner, but we don't affirm sin. We do not affirm sin as God's people. And so, um, anyway, I... Uh, I just I saw that and that was just really they're they're basically making a list, checking it twice. A, a rating you know? system. Yeah, that's what it is. Wow. And so um anyway, Craig, I, I mean that's that's I that you know, that came out of Al Moeller. Al Moeller has does a really good job of, of putting out stuff that's going on in the world and it came out of his podcast. He he always uh, quotes a lot from things going on with England or things going on in the US and he did a really did a really good job of addressing that. And if um, if you want to uh, go check out um, the uh, the podcast for the brief, it's called the briefing. And um, again, uh, Al Mohler's been doing that for a long time, and he uh, we've had him as a guest on here um, several times. Uh, he uh, he talks about. You know, he, he's come on and he, he kind of deals with current events. In fact, that's kind of what sparked this first segment or the first segment being part of that. But if you just go to albertmoller.com, that's A-L-B-E-R-T-M-O-H-L-E-R.com. Um, that's the briefing and it's got articles and thinking in public. You know, he answers questions a lot. And he, he this today's briefing was on that is really good. Um, so you might want to check that out. Jeremy, do we have a call? No. Okay. Just checking. All right. Well, we are in Mark chapter one and we're actually Craig, we, me and David got through the messengers yesterday and we kind of, we're just getting into the marker and what I mean by that. Well, if you're just tuning in, you have no idea what I'm talking about. We, we've been going through Mark one verses one through eight, the good news, the euangelion. Um, most of us have uh, an understanding of the term gospel. We don't know the Greek term euangelion and how it was used. It was actually a secular term that was only used when a king was being coronated, when a new king was born or a king had a great military victory. And usually it was used 
with it, it was used in a plural sense. So euangelion was in the plural and it, and it meant multiple good news, like different things associated with it. In the Bible, it's always singular because there's only one good news and it's Jesus is king. And so we were looking at Mark 1 and Mark wrote the very first written account of the life of Christ. The, this is the first gospel that is uh, accepted as the first written gospel. And it was from Peter's perspective. And he's writing to encourage Romans who are being persecuted. And he's writing it from Rome. And he's focused on the servant king, Jesus. That's his, his primary thrust. And he's writing about the kingdom of God. And, and he um, is trying to help people basically be pointed to Jesus, that he is the Messiah King. He's the one that's going to deliver us. He is the one who rules. And so uh, he starts his, um, his letter or his gospel off with the beginning of the gospel, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the very first verse. And we covered that on Monday. Me and Craig went through that about the euangelion, what it meant. And Romans and pagans, as well as Jews, understood that that term had to do with a new king being coronated, a king who was having a great military victory, or a new king that was born. So, But then we saw that God reveals his good news, not only through that message, but also through his messengers. And yesterday, David and I kind of went through verses 2 and 3, which were quotes from Malachi 3.1 and from Isaiah 43, and how the messengers pointed to Messiah and the forerunner of Messiah. In other words, when a king would go into a city over in that part of the country or world, a herald or a forerunner would go in front to get everybody ready. Hey, this king is coming. You need to make sure everything's good. And that's what they would do. And, and so... Mark, when he's writing verses two and three, talk about these quotes from Malachi and Isaiah, and he lays out, and remember, Malachi was the last prophet of the Old Testament. So after Malachi was was written, there were 400 years of silence. Right. And the next thing on the scene is John the Baptist, who was the Elijah. And in and, and, and Malachi 4, four through six, he says, listen, I want you to keep obeying my law. I want Elijah the prophet is coming before that great and awesome day. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and children to the fathers. He will be the pointer to Messiah. And now we're in the marker. It is John the Baptist. He is the marker. Today we're going to be looking at the marker as a way God reveals in its verses four through six. And uh, I'm going to have you read, um, uh, Craig, uh, Mark 1, 1 through 6 today. Mark one. 1. Actually, go ahead and read 1 through 8. Read the whole text. And then we're going to talk specifically today about how God reveals the good news through his marker, which is John the Baptist, and through his Messiah, who is Jesus. And we'll get into that and the rest of the program. So Mark 1, 1 through 8. Starting with verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. 
the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was was clothed with camel hair and wore leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the one, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord. Yeah, the, this, these are the words of the Lord. And so you just read how John, or the Elijah, is going to be um, the forerunner. That, that is the marker. You know, in, in verse 4 of Mark, it, you know, it says, John appeared. And that is right after um, Isaiah 43 and Malachi 3.1. And, and notice in Malachi 3.1, when he says, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way, he's talking about the forerunner there. And then the next verse, in, in, in verse 4, it says, John appeared. So he's tying these two things together for us, saying John is that marker. Well, we also know from Luke, over in Luke 1, verse 17, it says when Luke writes about John the Baptist, when the angel is talking to Zacharias and Elizabeth, his parents, telling him about or them about his birth, he says he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his womb, and he will walk in the Spirit and the power of Elijah. Well, he's tying, Luke ties him in too. So here's the thing. John's dad was a priest. He should have been in the temple, but you know where he was spending all his time? Luke 180 says his whole life he spent in the desert. Why? Why was he in the desert? Well, he rejected the religious hypocrisy of the Pharisees. They had moved way beyond just putting a protective measure around God's law to protect people it became hypocrisy for them. They were whitewashed tombs, Jesus said. And so John pulls himself away. He should have been in the temple. He was a priest. But instead, he is exercising his role as a priest out in the wilderness. And verse 4 says he's baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness. Now, this is striking, Craig, because up till this point, no Jews were baptized. The, the, the baptism, like they had ceremonial washings, they had mikvahs, but this baptism was a baptism of repentance, basically saying, I'm not ready for Messiah. I'm not ready for God. I need to be cleansed. So this ceremonial baptism of going in the water, what they're saying is we aren't worthy of Messiah. Up to this point, no Jew was baptized. The only person baptized in all the Old Testament was a guy named Naaman, who was a a Syrian general. 
And John's message to these people was you need to repent and return to God. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, we think about it. Oh, he was baptized. He baptized hundreds of thousands of people in the desert as he was doing this ministry. And when we come back after the news, we're going to look at what this idea of repentance really is. You know, there's a lot of different views on what repentance means, but I'd like to give you a biblical view of repentance because that's the only view that matters, right? I right. mean, like it, what you think repentance is doesn't really matter. It's what the Bible, the way it describes it. And so we're going to look at repentance when we come back. And uh, I hope you'll stay with us if you're out there. We're in Mark chapter one, looking at verses four through six, actually four through eight today, about the marker, John the Baptist of Jesus. So stay tuned with us. We'll be right back after. Th- I've served as a pastor, of course, all these years on a pastoral staff, done pastoral counseling. This is Focus on the Family Minute with Dr. Gary Chapman. And one of the good things about that is I can choose my schedule. So I would always go home at three o'clock in the afternoon because the kids are coming home from school. And I'd spend the afternoon, you know, they'd work on their homework and then we would do some things together. And then at night we would play games together and do things together. And of course, when my son got into sports, we'd go to sports things together. Uh, Now I know not everybody can determine their schedule like that, but that model came from my father Mm. who worked on the third shift in a textile mill from 11 o'clock at night to seven in the morning. And then he would sleep during the day when we were in school so he could be with us in the afternoon and evening. Hear more from Gary Chapman at familyminute.org. There's major delays on the north side because of a crash on I-95 southbound at Airport Road blocking the left lane. Also, there's congestion building up on U.S. 17 Roosevelt Boulevard, northbound and southbound near NAS Jacks. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 73, Thursday showers and possible thunderstorms, high 80. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. been down to the river i like that what a what an appropriate one for baptism today. isn't that the yeah. truth yeah right when we we're uh, talking about baptizing for repentance jeremy did you do that did you put that in there no it's good um well we're in mark one and we're looking at verses four through six and we were talking about john being in the spirit and power of elijah that's in luke 1 17 and baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness. You know, John's message was repent. He wasn't going, hey, you know, guys, God really loves you. He gets you. You know, some of these ad campaigns that are out there now in our world, his message was you need to repent. You know, who warned you to flee 
from the wrath that's to come, you brood of vipers. Can you imagine saying that to somebody today? I mean, John was preaching yeah, he judgment. Was pointed, yes. Yes, because he he was, that was his role. He yep. was the Elijah who was coming before Messiah. And so he was preaching repentance. And repent means to recognize our sin, considering who God is, his holiness, and look to him for his mercy in sorrow and fear for the forgiveness of sin. I believe we forgot that, Craig. I, it, it's almost like today we look to him for mercy, but you don't see a lot of sorrow. You don't see a lot of fear. We almost treat God like a buddy, like he's my, my hunting buddy or my fishing buddy. And, and we've, we've kind of, we, we've taken away some of the decorum and the respect and the reverence that we should show God. Yeah, I think the the reverence part is really, really, really true, and that we don't, um, you know, like we're we're all the same, we're all equals, you know, you know, and so, and yet um, God is the creator of the universe, and um, you know, it's it's with awe and reverence that we are to uh, come to Him. Yeah, and, and well, well, and forgiveness from God is not earned, right? It, it it is given, it is given by Him as a gift. But here's the thing. No one is entitled to it. True. So, so people go, well, what about these people? And what about these people? Not one person on the face of the earth is entitled to God's forgiveness. None. And, and that's because there's nothing we can act, do wise physically. Yes. To earn it. Yes, yeah, right. But you know what? That is not a popular message today. If you start telling people that, it could get you in trouble. In fact, it got John the Baptist killed. It mm -hmm. got Jesus killed. It got Peter killed. It got Paul killed. They were all rejected because that was the message they preached. There is only one way. Peter said what? There's only one name by which you can be saved, and it's Jesus. It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. Right. It's not Hare Krishna. It's not your church. It's not your efforts. It is Messiah. It is Jesus. And in verse 5, it says, All Judea and Jerusalem were going out to be baptized and confessing their sins. You know what they were saying? I'm not ready to meet the king, but I want to be. Now, there were hundreds of thousands of people. Some figure around 400,000 people wow. went to be baptized. Do you know how many people were with him uh, or were with the church uh, after his death, only 120 in Jerusalem. Wow. Where'd they all go? Did they really want it? Did they really? They, yeah, I think they wanted to meet Messiah, but they didn't want the Messiah God sent. Right. They did not want the suffering servant no. king that, that we've talked about. No. Um, and again, no one is accepted by God apart from his mercy and his grace in Jesus. No one. Forgiveness and righteousness is not anything we can earn or we can uh, do something with our efforts to get, but it's a gift that is given by the good news, the euangelion of Jesus, right? Salvation is free, which everybody loves to hear that phrase, but it is costly. That's right. It cost him. Jesus paid our price. He's our suffering king. That is good news.
And John is bringing that as the Elijah. He's the marker. He's kind of like the figure, uh, uh, a laser pointer pointing to the thing that's important on the board. He's the laser pointer pointing to Jesus. And how do we know he was Elijah? Well, if you look at verse 6 of Mark chapter 1, it says that he, this says, now John was clothed with camel's hair, clothed with camel's hair, and wore a leather belt. Okay? He looked like Elijah. Yeah. How do we know that? Uh, can you look up real quick Zechariah 13.4? Zechariah 13.4 and read that. Yeah, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 4. Right? That's... Yeah. Um, it says, on that day, every prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesied. He will not put on hairy cloak, a hairy cloak in order to deceive. All right, so stop right there. So Zechariah is warning the false prophets who try to look like a real prophet by putting on a the, hairy cloak, camel's hair. All right, a hairy cloak, the leather belt. How do we know that was the prophet's dress? Because Elijah kind of set the stage. He he was the trendsetter for what a prophet looked like, right? Go to 2 Kings 1.8. If you read back over in 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 8, I'll give you the context. Um, the king of Israel is looking for Elijah um, because he's, he's a troubler of Israel in his mind. He's a problem. Elijah's giving prophecies from God, and the king doesn't like him. So he sends a group of people to look for him, and they find him. Second Kings 1.8 gives a description of him. Read what it says. It says, they answered him. He wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist. Yeah. That, so, so that is Elijah. It says it's Elijah the And it Tishbite. says, yeah, it is Elijah the Tishbite. Okay, so John looked like Elijah. He ate locust and wild honey. He eats like Elijah. He lived in the desert by the Jordan. That's where Elijah was. He lives like Elijah. So John is the marker. We see that, that John the Baptist is the marker that Malachi talks about as the forerunner. And Jesus himself said, go to Matthew eleven fourteen real quick. If you look up Matthew eleven fourteen, he actually says in the text, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, right. that John is Elijah. Read that. It says, and if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. And he's speaking about he's John speaking the Baptist. Speaking of John, that's right. So Jesus says it's Elijah. So he looks like Elijah. He eats like Elijah. He lives like Elijah. And Jesus himself said, John is the Elijah that's to come. So there's no question that John the Baptist is the marker that was predicted in Malachi. And so, so now we have the message of euangelion, which is the good news. There's a new king. A new king is born. He's come. And what Mark is saying is this king is a king you can believe in. This king's a king you can trust. And that's the message. He's saying euangelion, euangelion, which they would have understood that to meant good news. Second, we see from his messengers, from Isaiah all the way to Malachi, they point to Messiah and to the forerunner. And we brought that out yesterday that their 
prophecies and they're uh, pointing forward to the forerunner says the next thing that's going to take place is you're going to hear a voice that will be the voice of Elijah. And then here comes a man named John, John the Baptist, who was that Elijah. He was the marker. Well, what, what does the marker say? Well, he points to somebody other than himself. He's not, in fact, in one passage, I think it's over in John, the religious leaders come to him and say, are you Elijah? He says, no. Are you the Christ? No. I'm just a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And I was always struck by the fact that, but he is the Elijah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he even knew he was the Elijah. I think he was just being faithful to what God called him to do and what he had been told to do as he preached. Jesus said he was the Elijah. Right, right. You know, and so he says in verse 7, Mark does, after we now know that the Elijah's on the scene, what what does the Elijah say? He says in verse 7, after me comes one who's mightier than I, who's strapped, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop and untie. What is that? Well, see, Jewish servants were not required to touch a sandal. And what John is saying is I'm not worthy to do even the lowest job, which a Jew wasn't even required to do that. Right. Yeah, because, it, 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 and he's saying, this guy's deity. I, I can't. That's right. He's Yahweh's son. This is God. I can't touch him. God's messengers always point to Jesus. They don't bring credit to themselves. When we come back, I want to pick up on that for our last segment. And if you're listening and you want to call in with any comments or questions, feel free to call 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. Or you can send a question to ask at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back with our last segment on SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network and Ocean Way at 91.7. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without. Never be me without you. 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's uh, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my friend Craig Henderson today. And we are in the Gospel of Mark as we kind of finish up this week looking at Mark 1, 1 through 8. And we're on the last part. But before we went to break, we were talking about um, where John says, hey, I'm not, I'm not worthy to untie this guy's sandals and for a jew jews were not required to touch a sandal but john's saying i'm not worthy to do the lowest of jobs this is yahweh's son this is god i can't touch him and god's messengers his true messengers are always pointing to jesus and there's a humility about them that is not asserting the fact that they're his they're asserting his deity always. They're pointing to his his leadership, his um, you know his uh, sacrifice. In fact, in John three, remember when all the people were going to Jesus, all the people that had been following John start going over, and his disciples were upset and they go, "Wait, hey, all these people are going to follow this guy over here that you were pointing to," and he says, "I must decrease." He must increase. Yeah. Um, that that's I loved that part about him. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like it, that's the true picture of humility and really and knowing perspective of yeah. who is the one that is the Lord. Yeah. It, you know, it would be nice to have some of that today because I can tell you oh, right yeah. now, there's a lot of communicators that yeah. uh, draw big crowds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and listen, there's nothing wrong with the large crowds, but if you look at Jesus walked away from more large crowds than he walked into. He did. He did not. He knew the masses were fickle. For him, it was about going deep with twelve, and and anybody that would follow. But he really focused on those twelve. It was the twelve, yeah. and and boy, look at what happened. I mean, he. Did, he changed the world with those 12. Yeah. And um, and so um, John says, you know, I'm not worthy to do this. But then in verse 8, Craig, he says, I've baptized you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The new king is going to bring you forgiveness. He's going to bring you God's spirit. He's going to equip you for his service. He's going to baptize you. I'm just, what I'm doing is symbolic, is yeah. what he's saying. In fact, uh, I'm going to have you read a few passages of Scripture, if you don't mind. Look, go to Joel 2, because all this is, is talked about in the Old Testament. Go to Joel 2, verse 28. Joel 2, verse 28. Joel 2. Yeah. All right, verse 28. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Yeah, so he is basically predicting what's going to happen when Jesus is baptized with the spirit. Now go to uh, Jeremiah 31 verse 33. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. 
Mm-hmm. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts Mm -hmm. and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Mm -hmm. He's going to write it on our hearts. This is talking about this baptism of the spirit too. Now the last one, Ezekiel 36, 25. This is, um, this is a good one. Ezekiel 26. Uh, Ezekiel 36, 36. verse 25. Thank Uh you. Ezekiel verse, 36, verse 25. Verse 25 yep. says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. Read that one more time. Verse 25 says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. He's going to do the cleansing. Yeah. That yeah. That is the gospel, isn't it? He's yeah. saying, I'm going to bring you forgiveness. I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to equip you for service. Your life is going to have purpose in the fellowship with your creator that it was intended to have before the fall. And that's good news. That's you and Gelion right there, yeah. right? That's that's because really when you stop and think about it, Craig, most people spend their entire life looking for their purpose. Oh yeah. They they they're yeah. they're they're trying to figure out and they're not satisfied with the temporary, but yet that's where they seek a lot of um they seek a lot of their purpose in the temporary things. Well, it strikes me to think about who who what are the idols in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to give up? What does God need to cleanse me of? You know, and it's those things that I put, uh, you know, like, like John, John put the proclamation of Jesus first mm-hmm. and the crowd wasn't his idol. Mm-hmm. He was just preparing the way. And for, for all of us, we have things that we put ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And, um, and, and the thing is that what John is saying here is this guy's going to baptize you with the Holy spirit that they knew what the Holy spirit was. They did not understand though, the full indwelling of the spirit at this point. That, that was new. That is a new thing. So they would not have grasped that right. at this point. Right. And so, but this, these are the ways that God has revealed the good news. And Mark records it through the message, the euangelion, through the messengers, the prophets, and then John the Baptist as the forerunner, the Elijah, through his marker, who that that is John the Baptist, and through his Messiah, who is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, that that was so encouraging to work through these verses and understand that Mark is writing this to Christians that are being persecuted in Rome, and he's trying to remind them Jesus is the Messiah King. He's a king you can trust because the Romans are just wanting to know. They're a lot like we are. I mean, or actually I should say we're a lot like, like they were. Yeah. We just want to know, is it going to work? Yeah. You know, yeah. Mo- most Americans, how's it going to work out? Yeah. yeah. Is this guy the real deal? Is this the real deal? And, and that's what Mark is trying to get across to people. 
Yeah, it's like, will I be okay? You know, will what's going to happen long term? Am I going to be protected? You know, whatever, you know? Yeah. And yet, uh, this is really like in John's case, this is like, just give up all the stuff you want to, you want to try to take care of and turn it over, turn it over to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole thing that Mark is trying to let these Roman readers know is, Hey, there's a new King and savior. If you remember on Monday, when I shared that, uh, that, that Roman inscription about Augustus, what was the thing that made that stand out as the good news? It, it said he's going to um, make war cease. He's going to create order everywhere. He's going to be a savior for us. And when you think about what Mark, who he's writing to, he's basically letting them know that Jesus is the one who's going to do that. Not Augustus, Jesus, not Nero, Jesus. And so Jesus is the Christ. That's his title, the Son of God. That's his lineage. Jesus is Messiah. He is the King. He's the anointed one. He's the one that you can place your trust in. So if you're listening out there, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know um, if you're struggling with a particular area. But, you know, our problem isn't, our government our problem isn't our our financial situation our problem isn't uh our relationships or our relational issues our problem is us we are the problem we are alienated from god and and the only way that is resolved is through king jesus that is it he is the only one that can resolve that problem for us and he has he has come he has come to to call those who are his to himself and redeem our lives so that we are empowered to then go put him on display to those around us so that we can share that hope with others who are in despair others who are searching because there's a lot of people in the world right now searching for hope. Yes, right. But they're searching in the wrong places and they're searching in the wrong things. I was talking to a guy earlier today about just um, how how sad it is when people keep repeating the same things over, thinking that something's going to change, and they keep going down the same path. They're warned not to do it, and yet they keep doing it. And so God says, no, stop trying to find your peace outside of me. Stop trying to find your satisfaction outside of me. I'm the king and the savior that came to deliver you from yourself. Right. Right. I came to put you back into a right relationship with the father in the way that you were supposed to serve and be because you know and i'll get into this next week psalm 2 if you go read psalm 2 psalm 2 is about kings that want freedom from the reign of god in their life and what we see in our country today and even what i read about over in england Mm -hmm. is the biggest issue we have as humans is we want freedom from the reign of God in our life. We don't want his king to rule over us. We don't want him to rule over us. And, I mean, we may say that we're his, 
but we really don't want him ruling us. We want to rule our own lives. That's right. I'm his as long as it works for me. Yes. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, well, Craig, our time has come to an end. Tomorrow, I've got uh, Virgil Walker of G3 Ministries and uh, Just Thinking Podcast. He does that with Daryl Harrison, who works out at Grace to You. And uh, Virgil's been a guest on several times, but they just had a G3 conference on the sovereignty of God. So he's going to be my guest tomorrow. He's going to be sharing with us about things that came up in the conference. And uh, he'll also be talking about their podcast and some other things. So I hope you'll join us. Hey, a big shout out to the Lighthouse, to WMER, WMOX, and all the truth uh, stations here in the South Florida or North Florida, South Georgia area. Thanks for tuning in, Craig. Thanks for being with us. We'll be